0: Everybody said, This year I will. So I remember when I made that decision that one year I was going to learn how to play the piano. I really wanted to learn it. I had watched other people play it, and I said, This year I will learn the piano. I asked my mom, How do I learn the piano? She said, I'm going to sign you up for lessons because I don't have the patience to teach you. No, she, she said, Someone else could teach you better than me. So she signed me up for 12 weeks of lesson. The first lesson, I wanted to quit. It was so boring. All I did for the entire lesson was play this one note over and over and over. The most annoying sound in the world. Da, 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 da. And I said, Are we going to learn anything else? The teacher said, No. You're going to play that one note. I want you to learn to play. And I said, I know how to play the note, Mr. Miyagi. I want to learn more stuff. Okay, I wanna learn the karate. I wanna learn how to chop it up on the keys. I wanna be a concert pianist. She said, I need you to practice that one note. And then she started teaching me some more stuff. Now listen, I wanted to quit after the first lesson because I said, this is boring. I don't like this. Second week, she started teaching me a little bit of this right here. Come on, you remember that? You're like, it doesn't sound like that. (laughs) I was feeling good about it, and she said, Paul, I'm going to teach you, but it's going to require steps. The piano is an instrument of steps. There's steps to your progress. It's not going to happen overnight. Oftentimes, we stop working on something that we want to achieve because we don't see progress immediately. And if you're waiting for the message to start, it's already started. And, And what I'm saying is that in that time of learning the lesson, she said, I'm gonna teach you how to stretch. Everybody say, stretch. She said, you think you can only play one key with one finger. She said, I think you can play two keys with that same hand. I said, I can't do it. My hands don't know how to do it. She said, go ahead, move that third finger. She said, I think you can play more than two keys with one hand, I think you can play three keys. She was teaching me how to stretch. Everybody say, stretch. I said, this is as good as it gets. I can only stretch to these three. She said, I think you can play four keys with that hand. I said, no, I can't. What stops people from saying I will is so often we say I can't. What stops you from losing that weight, from reading your Bible, from being consistent, from being disciplined, from showing up, from seeing that instant, that increase, that promotion, is oftentimes we talk ourselves out of what God's telling us to do. I said, I can't do it. She said, you are limiting your capacity to stretch. She said, I know you can stretch to four fingers. So then she said, try it out. I I said, okay, here we go. That four, if you could only see this, this is stretching me so much. Four fingers. I said, I don't have hands like you. This is crazy. I have man hands, football hands, basketball hands. I don't know how to do this. She said, trust me. It requires a stretch. And she said, you're gonna keep showing up week after week, week after week, and the more you show up and the more you practice, the more you're gonna start learning that you can play with both hands. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. She said, I'm gonna teach you the rhythm of progress, and it's gonna be a little bit slower than that. It's gonna sound a little bit like this. You're gonna have to put your heart and your soul and everything you have into it, and you're going to fail forward. So by the end of the 12 weeks, I was starting to get somewhere with it. I was frustrated. I wanted to quit. My mom said, we're not quitting. We paid for 12 lessons. You're gonna keep showing up. It's not about you becoming a concert pianist. It's about you learning to finish something. It's about you learning to see something through. It's about you learning how to develop a gift. It doesn't happen overnight. The difference between dreamers and achievers is the doing. The doing requires commitment commitment if you're waiting for the sermon to start I've already given you five key points there everybody say show up up. And up. and keep showing up if you're gonna learn something about practicing piano or learning another language or getting stronger you don't go to the gym one time and expect to have results it requires time after time after time now at my recital I was so excited to show people what I had learned but again The goal is not perfection, the goal is progress this year. The goal is to move forward, even if it's an inch, even if it's just one step towards your destiny, one step towards your dream, somebody say, I will. It requires work. You can't just think about it, you can't just talk about it, you can't just dream about it. It can't just be an idea, it's gotta be an action. So I was showing up, and I got to my recital, and I hit the wrong note. And I looked at the faces, and people were like... (laughs) Like you're looking at me right now. And I was so nervous. I just failed in front of everyone. And I wanted to run off and I was wanting to cry. And my face was turning red. But I kept on playing. And I kept on working. And I kept on trying. And I started singing la, 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 la. Come on, sister, act. La, 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 la. Hey. Fa solati do. Do, a deer, a female deer. Ray, a drop of golden sun. Me, a name I call myself. Far, a long, long way to run. So, a needle, pulley thread. Come on. Back to there you go. I started singing songs, I started writing songs while I was doing this. This year I will hear your voice and follow your lead. This year I will conquer fear and live in victory. This year. I will fulfill everything you've called me to do. And I just made that up on the spot. Come on. Everybody say seize the day. Somebody say, I will. I will. You have to get comfortable with showing up to the thing that you want to see fruitfulness in. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter seven he said, healthy fruit, healthy trees produce fruit. Healthy things grow. How many want to be healthy this year? How many of you wanna see success in your life this year? I don't think any of us are planning on failing. No one's like, I will fail this year. People are going, no, 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 I want to succeed. I will grow this year. I will lose what I need to lose. I will stop what I need to stop. I will break the bad habit. I will start the thing I need to start. I will finish the project I'm supposed to finish. But here's the line between those who do and those who don't, and the line is action. It's action. It can't just be thinking. It's time to break up with someday, one of these days. I'll get around to it. I'll pray about it. I'll think about it. It's time to say, I will. Somebody say, this year. year, I will. Now, I want you to go to 1 Samuel 17. You can make some noise this morning. If there was one man in the Bible that lived this mindset, that lived with this motto, I will, it was David. David in the Bible was not a perfect man, but he was an action man. He was a man that said, I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I'm not gonna just watch people participate in God's plan. I will do what God's called me to do. If you're gonna be an I will person, you're gonna have to stop living for the approval of everyone else. You're gonna have to stop caring about what everyone else thinks. There's a reason why I put this picture behind me of a guy who's running up stairs. People don't run upstairs for fun. (laughs) People don't go and do it because it feels good. No one runs 2,000 steps up a massive stadium 40 times up, 40 times down because it's an exciting, fun thing to do. They do it because they want to get stronger. They do it because they want to be disciplined. They do it because they want to get healthier. They do it because they want to stay in shape. They do it because that's what it requires to do what God's called you to do. You've got to show up when you don't feel like it. You've got to put in the work when it doesn't feel uh, fun. You've got to do things that are uncomfortable. You've got to do things you've never done if you want to see things you've never seen. The definition of insanity is expecting results, but living the same way day after day after day. That's crazy. You can't get results if you don't make changes. If you're going to change your life, you got to change your mind. If you're going to change your mind, you got to change your attitude. If you're going to change your attitude, you've got to change your will. Now you might be here today and say, Paul, I'm not in charge of my will. I know you're saying it's like a choose-your-own-adventure, snatch. I get to make decisions every two minutes, but the producers already decided what I'm going to decide. I'm going to end up where they want me to end up. It's the sovereignty of God, he's already decided. It's all up to chance, it's all up to luck. If God wants me to be successful this year, he will make, no, no, God's given you the tools to succeed, it's up to you, the choice is yours. If you're gonna be fruitful this year, it is your choice, choose your own adventure. This year could go several different directions. This year has so many destinations for all of us. This year could be the year that you get in shape. This year could be the year that you finish school. This year could be the year that you fulfill the dream that's in your heart. This year could be the year that you finally marry the person that you've been wanting to marry. This could be the year that you stop messing around with that dumb addiction that's been wasting all your time and energy and effort. This could be the year. And you go, well, who's gonna make that decision? Is it God's choice to make sure that that's my year? No, God's saying that's your choice. It's your choice. God can't choose for you to have a successful year. God can't choose for you to show up week after week to learn the keys. It requires you making the decision. So in this moment, there was a giant named Goliath. Goliath showed up, he said, I'm gonna kill somebody and I'm going to fight this guy and once I take him down, all the Israelites will be our slaves. But if the guy kills me, if he takes me down, then all the Philistines will be the slaves to the Israelites. So there was this battle going on. This guy was picking a fight and nobody would show up to fight. And I would say half the battle in your life is just showing up to the fight, just making a decision to be there, to go to the gym, to show up to church. I wanna give you a hand clap that you even showed up today, that you tuned in online. Give yourself a hand clap for making the decision to be in God's house. So David is watching everyone sit on the sidelines in fear, and he tells Saul, he said, don't worry, I will fight this Philistine. In fact, David was speaking in third person. He said, your servant, your boy, aka me, I will go fight Goliath. And Saul looked at him and said, you can't. Look at verse 33. Saul said, you can't. You're too small. You're too young. There will always be someone who says you can't when you say, I will. The second you decide I will in your life, there will be an accusing voice in your heart, in your mind. And oftentimes that voice is not out here. That voice is the enemy that's in the inner me. It's in my head. It's in my heart. There's some voice saying, Paul, you're not qualified to do that. Paul, you're not disciplined enough. You don't have the genes to to fulfill that kind of a dream. You didn't come from the right family. You're not educated enough. There's always going to be someone who says you can't. And if you listen to that voice, you will talk yourself out of doing the will that God has given you to do. You wanna have an incredible year this year? Stop listening to the voice of I can't in your mind. Stop listening to the voice of someday when the weather's right, when the conditions are perfect, someday I'll break this addiction. Someday I'll write this book. Someday I'll go back to college. Someday I'll work on that area in my life that God keeps telling me to work on. One of these days, you know, I'm a procrastinator. It's part of my family genes. We're all procrastinating. You can break the spirit of procrastination. You can break free of that and today be a person of action. So Saul was trying to talk David out of the will that was inside of him. You have the will, the power of choice is yours. You have been given one of the greatest gifts in life, and that is the power of choice, free will. Our lives are not being controlled by some you know, big God up in heaven that wants to dictate everything we do. He's saying the choice is yours. In fact, he told this to Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, you can eat from any tree you want, but there will be consequences for certain choices you make. And consequences are not mean. That's just what happens when you make certain choices. Choose your crowd and I will tell you your future. Choose the friends you hang out with. Choose the habits you make and I can tell you where you're gonna go. I could almost predict where you're headed when you start making certain habits part of your life. There's just certain choices that lead to certain consequences. No matter how much you want to have a great life, it comes down to what are you choosing on a daily basis? And so David looks at Saul and listens to the you can't. And he says, you don't know me. I love David's confidence. Some people might mistake it as cocky, arrogance. But David was a man after God's own heart. He was confident. He said, you, you need to know that I've been an I will person since I was a teenager. He said, I was Watching my father's sheep, not because it was fun, not because it was the best job in Israel, but because I was asked to do it, and I showed up to do it. On rainy days, I was watching daddy's sheep. When my brothers were having parties in my dad's house and I wasn't invited, I was watching my father's sheep. I've been faithful. If you will be faithful with the small stuff, God will make you ruler over more stuff. You wanna know the key to learning how to play the piano? Be faithful with the few notes you know. Be faithful with the few chords you know on the guitar. Keep on working with the small stuff. When you start making those small steps day after day after day at the job, in your marriage, on that thing that you're trying to get better at, I'm telling you, it leads to more and more increase and fruit in your life. The thing you are faithful to will bring the best fruit that's in your life. You want to be fruitful this year? Be faithful this year. You want to be fruitful this year? Be faithful this year. I met some people who came to our Christmas production. They said, We're your Keister members. I said, what? (laughs) They said, we're your Keister members. I said, what? (laughs) They said, we're your Christmas and Easter members. We show up at Christmas and Easter. We call ourselves the Keister members. I said, I'm looking for you to be the weekly members. I said, if you wanna see change and growth in your life, you gotta stop just showing up twice a year and start showing up every week. You don't learn a new language, you don't learn a new instrument, only playing it twice, only practicing it when you feel like it, when you get around to it. You've gotta be committed to stick with it. Faithful is basically committed. Faithful just means consistent. It means you do something time after time, you just keep going back to it. Some of us are faithful to our bad habits. We're faithful to addictions, We're faithful to things that are toxic for our future. And that's why we're seeing fruit in that area. We keep feeding it. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and tougher to break. It's because you're faithful to it. And so you're seeing a lot of fruit. Some of us are faithful to Netflix. We binge on it every week. We're consistent with it. We're faithful to ESPN. We've got it prioritized. We put it in the calendar. I'm gonna watch these games on these days and I'm so committed and I know all the information. And guess what? When you get to heaven, none of that information matters. Like everything you know about LeBron James I'm sorry. All the stats and he's not the goat. Michael Jordan is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The problem is, is we know so much about things that don't matter in eternity. It's time to be faithful this year in the areas that matter. It's time to make the most of your life this year. Be an I will person in the areas you want to see fruitfulness and success end. So David says, I was watching daddy's sheep and I was faithful. I would show up. I put in the work. And when a bear showed up or a lion showed up, I would chase that bear down and I would kill that bear. I didn't just let it snatch my daddy's sheep. I was faithful. I was a good steward over the few sheep that I had. And that giant Goliath, that pig, he's going to die just like the lion and the bear. I will fight him. Somebody say, I will. It's time to start walking towards the giants in your life and stop shrinking back in fear. There will be a separation this year between those who participate and those who watch. I don't want to be a watcher this year. I want to be a participator. I want to be a participant. I, I, as a kid, I used to wait for the invitation to participate. If I didn't get picked to play, I didn't play. But as I've gotten older, I don't care about the invitation. I'm running on the court. I'm gonna find a spot. I'm gonna get in the game. I'm gonna show up to things. I show up to wedding receptions I haven't been invited to. (laughs) They're like, oh, hold up, Pastor Paul's here. Hide the drinks. Uh, (laughs) I'm too, listen, I'm, I'm too committed to doing what God's called me to do, to wait on some invitation or perfect conditions to start pursuing the dreams that God's put in my heart. I've got some things this year that I have to do. I will do them. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not praying about it. I'm not fasting to see if God wants me. I already know he's told me to do it. I gotta do it. Somebody say, I will do it. it. This is your year to do it. This is your year to fulfill it. So David went out and he slayed the giant. He did what he said he was going to do. If you're going to be an I will person, you're gonna have to stop making excuses. So many of us are blaming our behavior on our parents, our grandparents, our kids, our boss, other people in our life. You've gotta stop making excuses for the areas in your life that you've gotta work on. Everybody say, the buck, stops with me. The buck stops with me. This year, I will take responsibility. This year, I will be responsible for my behavior. I will be responsible for my attitude. I'm going to stop blaming my grumpiness on my kids. It is my job to have a good attitude. It is not my wife's job to make me have a good attitude. It's not the pastor's job to make you excited about God. It is your job. Everybody say, "My my joy is my job. Say, my passion passion. is my job. Many of us, we want our passion, we're delegating our passion for life to Tony Robbins. We're delegating our excitement to grow and our motivation to to the preachers that we hear on Instagram. It's time to take responsibility, to be motivated on a daily basis, to go after God, to go after the things of God, to break the bad habits, to break up with someday, to break up with one of these days. I'm gonna finally do what I know I should do. No, today I will do it. Today is the day the Lord has made and I will. Somebody say, I will. I will will rejoice. I will rejoice. I will lean in. I will read my Bible. I will pray and I will stop feeling sorry for myself. If you're going to fulfill what God has called you to fulfill, you've got to stop having pity parties. I don't know if this is too tough for the beginning of the year, but I just feel like God's got a prophetic word and sometimes prophetic words, they hit you really hard. You know what my piano teacher told me? <laughs> she said, you gotta stop making excuses for why your hands can't stretch. I was like, that's so mean. I don't have hands like you. She said, no, no, I have stretched my hands so that they can hit the keys. No, you were born with that ability. No, I practiced to develop that ability. Many of us are looking at other people's gifts and we're envious and we're comparing ourselves And we're going, the grass is greener on the other side. No, they just keep on watering their grass. If you would only pay attention to your grass and stretch and work on it and be committed to it and being focused on it, I will run my race. I will run those steps. I will do what it takes. I will show up. I will work hard. I will stop wasting my time studying everyone else's stories and start living in my story. This is God's plan for my life to be focused this year. So the story of Nehemiah is like this. Nehemiah, he had something he had to do. His heart broke for the Israelites because their walls had been torn down. The Bible says a man with no discipline, no self-control is like a city with torn down walls. You are not born with self-control. You are not born with discipline, but you are given it as a gift from God to develop. You have to choose it. I don't show up to church every Sunday to preach because I always feel emotionally excited about the word in my heart. There are some weeks where I'm like, I don't even know if this is good, but I'm going to show up and I am going to give it my all and I'm going to give all that I can and I'm going to work hard. And every time I do, God does something. Listen, stop Stop living under the grace of God as if the grace of God is some license to be lazy. The grace of God is not a license to be lazy. The grace of God is a license of empowerment to go and do what God's called you to do and to be who he's called you to be. God's grace does not cover me going, well, I'm not going to play piano because it's too much works. And I'm not gonna live in the works mentality. I'm not gonna practice. I'm not gonna work because I got grace. No, no, grace gives me the power to work on the areas that I need to grow in. James chapter one, verse 22, the message version says it like this. And I love love how James says it in the message version. He says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This is the year of action. This is the year of action. This is the year of fulfillment. This is the year of I will. This is not the year of someday. This is not the year of I'm dreaming about it. This is not the year of I'll think about it. This is the year of I will. And it says those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later have no idea who they are or what they look like. So James is kind of being funny with this. He said, you gotta act on this. And then he says this, whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God. What is the revealed counsel of God? It's the word of God that we already have. Many of us are waiting on the concealed will of God. Does God want me to marry this person? Does God want me to take that job? Does God want me to do this? But we haven't even mastered the revealed will of God. If you will just apply the revealed will of God, most likely the concealed will of God will be highlighted as you start living in the revealed will of God. James says, act on what you've read already. Act on what you've heard already. You've heard enough sermons. It's time to start living your sermons. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. And James goes on to say this. He says, if someone who will apply God's word, who won't be scatterbrained or distracted. We live in a society in an hour right now of scatterbrained distractions. But, but James says, if you will be a man or a woman of action when it comes to God's word, you will find delight and affirmation in the action. Okay, so look at this, Matthew 25, verse 14. If you're still wondering, does Jesus agree with what Paul's talking about? Is this Paul's idea or is this God's idea? I'm telling you right now, it's God's idea. Jesus says in Matthew 25, verse 14, the kingdom of God is like this. A man who is really wealthy called all of his servants, and he said, I'm going on a journey, and I'm going to entrust what I have with you, and so he was giving his wealth away to these men, not so they could squander it, but so that they could take care of it, and in his mind, taking care of it meant multiplying. God has not put us on the earth to maintain, but to multiply. If you're not multiplying what God's given you, then you are maintaining it, and maintaining it is not God's will for your life. I know it's harsh, but it's scripture. It's Bible, Kardashians. It's Bible, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called a service. Now watch this, verse 15. Um, to one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. And you might go, well, that's not fair because I'm like the one who only got one and my friends, they got five. You don't get to decide what you're given, but you do get to decide what you do with what you're given. And listen, there are people who've been given five talents and they're doing nothing. And there's people who've been given one talent and they keep multiplying it. And guess what? They're becoming the boss of the guy who had five talents to begin with because he had no discipline, no self-control, and he didn't maximize his gifts. If you will maximize the one gift you have year after year after year, you will be the leader of so many more gifts and talents and responsibilities. And by the way, the, the result in the gift of multiplication is more responsibility. You go, I don't know if I want to multiply it. That's the blessing though. That's the increase. So he gave five bags of gold to one. The guy went out he multiplied it. Gave two bags to the other. That guy went out and he multiplied it. He gave one bag to the other guy. That guy went out and he dug into the ground a hole and he buried his talent. The master returned. He said, what did you do with what I gave you? What have you done with what I've given you? And the one man said, I went out and I multiplied it. Here it all is. And the other man said, I went out and I multiplied it. Here it all is. And the master said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He didn't say, good job, you went above and beyond. I, didn't, I couldn't believe you did this. He said, you did what I asked you to do. You were faithful. In other words, Jesus's expectation was multiplication. It wasn't like an above and beyond. It was like, oh yeah, you, you did what I needed you to do. You were faithful. So don't, don't ask me like, to give you huge kudos, you were faithful. Now, now you get more and come and share my happiness. And then the man with one, he said, I knew you were a hard master and you harvest where you don't sow. You take stuff that's not yours and you gather where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid, he said, I was afraid. What stops people from fulfilling the I will life is I was afraid. I stopped short because I was afraid. I stopped short because I was afraid. I would rather feel the pain of falling short than feel the shame of stopping short. You are at the start of a year. You have 360 days of this year left, 359 days. Listen, you have so much in front of you. Imagine if this was your final year on earth. God's saying, come on, what are you gonna do with the greatest commodity of all is time? I've given you time. What will you do with the time I've given you on the earth? You have breath in your lungs. God's not finished with you yet. We live in a time right now where God is using young people and older people, all ages, all ethnicities, men and women. There is no excuse for you to throw at God and say, you can't use me. No, he's not done with you. Your best days are in front of you. You have a purpose. You are here on purpose. God's not finished with you yet. Fear stopped this man. And Jesus said, Take what he had and give it to those who multiplied. There will always be reasons to stay, to say, I can't, to say, I won't. I want the keys to come out. But here's what I want to challenge you with today. If you're going to be an I will person, then you're choosing that you're going to move past how you feel you're going to move past the fear of man you're going to stop living for the applause of people and you're going to start living for the glory of God you're going to stop living for what feels good and you're going to start living for what is good for your life you know i'm in a fast right now and it's not easy cuz i'm looking at stuff that i want I'm looking at pizza that people are eating ah oh, i want that pizza I'm looking at the queso. I'm looking at all this stuff, the Mountain Dew. Uh (laughs) But let me say this. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You've got to, this year is a year to practice self-control, to grow in faithfulness, to grow in discipline, to grow in consistency. Nothing just happens on accident. Nothing just happens by luck. Breakthroughs don't happen because of random chance. Breakthroughs happen from hard work and faith. You've got to pursue what God's called you to do. Joshua 24, verse 15, he said this to the Israelites. He said, if serving God seems boring to you, if serving God seems like not that fun, undesirable, then you choose this day whom you will serve. Whether it's the gods of pleasure, the gods of ESPN, the gods of Netflix, the gods of, of choosing you know, a sport, that keeps you from going to church every week the god of choosing so much junk of the earth and bad habits i'm just i'm just calling it like it is there's so many things that distract us from god's purpose you get to choose whether you're going to show up to the gym and, and fulfill the goals that you've written down you get to choose whether you're going to learn that second language that third you get to choose whether you're going to raise the money to go on the mission trip you get to choose whether you're going to love your spouse this year spend time with your kids you get to choose your time this year whether you're going to manage it well or whether you're going to waste it but Joshua said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord i will serve God, I will live with purpose. I will live for eternity. I will be faithful. I will be consistent. May not be sexy, may not be fun, but I will move forward an inch every year in my walk with Christ. I'm going to grow spiritually. I will serve God. The greatest goal you can have in life is to grow spiritually. Grow spiritually this year. If you will commit to grow spiritually, what does that look like? That looks like reading your Bible. That looks like spending time in prayer. That looks like making church a commitment. You know what I wanna challenge us to do is I want you to pull out your phone, if you have a smartphone, and pull out the app that says calendar, and just type down on today's date, Sunday. Just type in your calendar, church. And then there's a little thing on your calendar that says repeat, and go ahead and just put that repeat weekly on there. You go, oh, what a trap. He's trying to get me to come back to church every week. What does he think he's gonna do? Change me this year? Grow me spirit? Yeah, I'm trying to get you in an environment of victory. I'm trying to get you in an environment of worship. I'm trying to get you in an environment of scripture, of God's word, of truth and grace coming at you every Sunday. Fresh out of the kitchen, fresh out of the oven, the bread of life. Put it in the calendar. Put it in the calendar. Put it on a due date this year. What is the thing God's called you to do? Opportunities have expiration dates. I'll never forget when A close friend of mine said, Paul, you better pursue Ashley because she's not gonna sit around and wait. She's not waiting. She's not just sitting around doing nothing. She's a woman of purpose. If you're going to date her, if you feel like you're gonna marry her, you better pursue her. And my friend was right. So I went to Ashley and I, I was casual. I was like, hey, you know, what do you think about you and me hanging out more and just getting to know each other? And she said, are you talking about like moving into a relationship? Yeah, we'll just see what happens. She said, no, 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 I want to know what you want. Whoa, no woman's ever said that to me. What do you want, Paul? What are your intentions? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was just thinking we get to know each other a little bit, just see where it goes. No, what are you intending for this relationship to end up like? Uh, Well, I think there's a chance. Maybe if you think there's a chance for us to go long term with this, Maybe one day, who knows, if it's God's will, you know, marriage. She said, okay, if that's that's what you think, if that's what you're feeling, I want you to cut off all the flirty little relationships you have going on at ORU in the college. She said, I want you to shut down the Facebook message threads that you've got going on with other girls. She said, I am not just going to be an option and a casual idea for you. If you're serious about this, then make a decision. Come on, Ashley Hope Doherty. And listen, I say that because I think God's speaking prophetically to some of you right now. I am not, joy- God loves you so much. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is sufficient. He's so, so sweet, so, so kind, but he's serious. The Bible says that Christ is coming back for a bride that is radiant, that is committed, that is all in, that is faithful and true. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. To be faithful means you're committed. So I I did. I shut down all the Facebook messages and she said, we're gonna delete some contacts off your phone, okay? This is it. Burn the ships. (laughs) I went all in. Because I wanted Ashley. I, I wanted her. And I believe this year, if you're going to fulfill the goals that God's put in your heart, if you're going to be the man that God's called you to be, you can't keep going back to the old you. The past is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why we call it the presence Open it up and seize the day. Carpe diem, make the most of right here, right now. You don't know what tomorrow holds and you can't change yesterday, but you can own the moment today. Today, I will show up. Today, I will conquer this bad habit. Today, I will be the man that I'm called to be. Today, I'm going to the gym. I'm gonna run. Today, I will work out. Today, I will do what I need to do. Somebody say, today I will. This is a year of I will. Not I might, not I'll try, I will. Now I want you to look at one more scripture with me and it's Esther chapter four. Now look at this. Esther, she was an I will kind of girl. The beginning of Esther starts off with a relationship that's, that's toxic. The husband in Esther chapter one is the king of the Persian Medes empire. This was uh, about 50, 60, 70 years after Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So Esther would have not been born yet uh, when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were alive. But this is when the Jews were in captivity. The Jews were under the Persian Medes. They were slaves. They were foreigners in a foreign land. They were not the rulers of this area. And the king of the Persian Medes empire, Babylonian empire, He called his wife to do something. He needed her to be somewhere. He asked her politely, will you come? And in chapter one of Esther, the wife refuses to come. She's not gonna show up. And whether this is right or wrong, it's in the Bible, so I'm gonna preach it. But the husband said, okay, we're done. (laughs) If you're not going to show up, I've asked you to show up and she wouldn't. She refused to show up to what he was asking her to do. There was some sort of a stubbornness there, some sort of hurt or anger or frustration. She didn't like her husband. And so the husband said, I'm gonna find me another wife. (laughs) Now, whether that's right or wrong, it's wrong, obviously, but I'm gonna preach from this standpoint right here. There are things in your life God is asking you to do. And he loves the world so much that if you refuse to do them, he will find someone else who will. You go, no, I don't know the theology about that. Where where else did he do that? Well, King Saul was a king God chose to fulfill a dream for Israel. And guess what? King Saul's heart grew wicked towards God, disobedient. And what did God do? God said, I'm gonna go look for another king because this king's not doing what I've asked him to do. Time and time again in scripture, when Oral Roberts built the university across the street, he said, I was not the first guy God asked to do it. I was just the first guy that said, I will. There was others. He said, God told me there were others that were supposed to build this Christian university, but they just felt like there was too much they were afraid, afraid of failure, afraid they couldn't raise the money, afraid they lacked the the, the sufficiency, the adequacy, the ability to lead a university. Oral said, I wasn't a perfect candidate for this. I was battling tuberculosis. I was a young man. I didn't have a doctorate or a master's. I just said, I will. Somebody say, I will. God's not looking for perfection, he's just looking for availability, someone to say, I will, he's looking for a willing heart. Jesus said, anyone who wills can be saved. The final chapter of the Bible is all about willingness. Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17 says, anyone who wills come and drink from this gift of life, anyone who has a willing heart, anyone who says, I will, can come. And so Esther was that I will girl. The king ends up marrying Esther. It's amazing, the whole story is beautiful. Someday we'll do a series on it. But she gets into the palace, she becomes the queen, not because she's perfect. In fact, she was a woman in a male dominated society, a foreigner in another land. She was a minority within a minority. She said yes and God used her. And there she was in the palace. She had found favor with the king. I believe this is a year you're gonna find favor if you just show up and say, I will, I will. I will put in the work. I will work on the thing I need to work on. I will finish the project God's called me to finish. And while she was in the palace, her uncle Mordecai said, you need to know something. There's there's a plan, a secret plan to kill all the Jews. And Esther, you're a Jew. And the king doesn't know what's about to happen. It's happening right beneath his nose, but he doesn't even see it. Somebody's gotta tell him or else he's about to kill his future. He's about to kill his wife. He doesn't know what's about to happen. And Esther says, I can't, I can't. Her I can't was blocking her, I will. Look at this in verse 11 of chapter four of Esther. It says, all the king's officials and all the people of the royal provinces know that any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being invited by the king has but one law, they will be put to death unless the king extends the golden scepter and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I went before the king. She was saying, I can't. And Mordecai responded back to her. In the next verse, he said, do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. There is a window of opportunity blowing in 2019. It's here, the window is open. God's saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Mordecai was saying, Esther, Esther, don't think this opportunity blows by every single season in your life. This is a once in a moment opportunity. Step into it, walk into it. You don't have to wait for an invitation to get involved in God's plan for your life. If you remain silent, God will find someone else to do this. If you don't show up, if you don't be the man God's called you to be, if you don't be the woman God's called you to be, if you don't move into the dream that God's put in your heart. But then Mordecai said this, you and your father's family will perish if you don't. But who's to know that you've come into the kingdom into your royal position, that you've come into 2019 for such a time as this. All the stories in the Bible are about people who just stepped out, they said, I will. They weren't perfect, they just said, I will. They just started moving towards their purpose. So Esther thinks about it and she says, okay, get everyone to fast and pray for me. And I will seek the Lord as well, I will fast and pray. She knew what she was supposed to do. You know what you're supposed to do. You know you're supposed to do it. The guy who wants to get in shape on that picture, he, he walks the steps. Every step is progress towards his destiny. Every step. Every time I went to take piano lessons, I was stepping towards my destiny. Every time I come to church, every time I study the scripture, every time I open the Bible, every time I spend time with my kids, I'm discipling them for their destiny. say, Paul, I've tried. I've taken so many steps and I haven't seen the breakthrough. Keep on stepping. I I keep on spanking my kids, but they keep being disobedient. Keep on spanking. (laughs) Uh, That's controversial. I keep on going to the gym, but I just haven't, I haven't lost the weight. I keep on trying to do the diet, but for some reason, it's just so hard. I've tried to fast, but after three days, I just want to eat pizza. Man, when I I played the piano, I would go, and I would play hard, and then I'd fall. And I didn't want to get back up. And when I preached, My first year as pastor, and even now, sometimes I fall, and I don't want to get back up. But God says, if you want to see progress, you got to keep on stepping. you got to keep getting up. If you want to be the man God's called you to be, Proverbs 7 says that though a righteous man may fall seven times, he will rise again. Though a woman falls seven times, she can keep getting back up. Here, Esther was in a moment. She had a decision to make. Either it was going to be, I will, or it was going to be, I won't. And if it was, I won't, she was going to miss out on the greatest opportunity to deliver the Jews from a genocide that was about to happen. Your I will doesn't just save your life. Your I will saves other people's lives. Your I will doesn't just change your life. Your I will break this addiction, could set other people free. Your I will write this book, could set so many other people free. Your I will start this dream. Your I will finish this project, could help so many more people. The world is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. But the only way they're revealed is if they say, I will. And so Esther finally says this. She said, when the fast is over, I will go. And I will go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish, but I will. Stand your feet all over this room. This is the year of I will. This is the year of I will. As you're standing, I want to declare seven I wills over you this year. I will live courageous. I will be bold. I will take courage. Responsibility. The buck stops with me. I will seek God and grow spiritually. I will show up to where I need to be. I will take action. I am a decisive person. I will choose a great attitude daily. I will greet every day with a forgiving spirit. I will be faithful in the small stuff and in the big stuff. This is your year of I will. Somebody say, This year, year, I I will. I want you to repeat these seven declarations with me right now. Say, This year, I will take responsibility. The buck stops with me. This year, I will seek God and grow spiritually. This year, I will show up to where I need to be. This year, I will take action. I am a decisive person. This year, I will choose a great attitude every day. This year, I will greet every day with a forgiving spirit. This year, I will be faithful. I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. I dare you to not just hear about it. I dare you to not just watch it. I dare you to not just get around to it someday. I dare you to do it today. Go to the gym today. Go run today. Go on a walk today. Go read your Bible today. Go pray today. Go do something. Take action. Let's be an action church. Let's be an action. Let's be a church that is fully alive, that we are leaning in. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes all over this room. God is speaking so clearly to many of you right now who have been procrastinating. You have been married to all your options. And God's saying, it's stop. It's time to stop riding the fence. You've got to make a decision. You've got to break up with procrastination. You've got to break up with this random, fickle mindset. It's time to become decisive. It's time. It's decision day. It's it's the start of the year. Choose this day whom you will serve. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you might live. Choose health. Choose to grow spiritually this year. Choose to read your Bible. Choose, write it down. Habakkuk says, write it down so you can run towards it. I dare you to go out in the lobby and write it on one of those poster boards that says this year I will. I dare you to write it, put it on your desk. I dare you to write it, put it on your mirror. Dare you to write it and put it in your car. This year I will pray. Every day that I drive to work, I will spend 10 minutes of praying in the spirit and praying in my known language. This year I'm going to read a chapter of the Bible a day. This year I'm going to say I love you every single day to the people that I love. And I will see fruit in the areas that I am faithful to work on. I'll never forget when Miles Monroe came and spoke here about eight years ago, right after my father passed. And one of the first things he said was, the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard lies all the potential that never came to fruition. All the books, the businesses, the ideas, the dreams, the relationships. The restoration that was supposed to be initiated by people, the change that was supposed to happen in communities, it sits in the graveyard of people who were afraid to try, afraid to step out, too prideful to humble themselves, too big of an ego to lower themselves, to initiate the restoration, to say, I'm sorry, to forgive those who had hurt them, too afraid to step out. And I remember sitting in that service and I said, God, I don't want any potential inside me to go to the graveyard. I can't imagine allowing untapped, unused potential to go to the graveyard. I've gotta pour it all out. It may not be awesome or pretty or amazing, but God, I'm gonna give everything I can to what the life that you've given me. Lord, I'm gonna pour all of the stuff you put inside me out. There's things this year I have to do. I will do them and I've put them on the due date put them on the calendar they're going to happen I'm going to see them come to pass I challenge you this year pour it all out give it all you've got be an I will person